Cold Bill Podcast. This is Jake, and I'm here with my cold pros. What's up, guys? You did it again. Oh, hey, man. I did it again. Thanks for the um, heads up so I can turn on my, my stopwatch. Hey, start your stopwatch. <laughs> Thanks. Set I it back it. for a couple seconds. So. I got it. Thanks. Yeah, nice. Your peach. I, um, this is our first episode that we are recording while Jake is living in Arizona. So so simple for us want, to like sync our calendars and get here on time. <laughs> so easy. I want to apologize to everyone for how long it's taken for us to release another episode. That would be my fault. I moved, I'm pointing to myself because we're doing this over zoom and I can see myself on the screen, but I think we're only going to use the audio for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, great. We radio. should release like a screenshot of us because we all look fabulous. We look we do. hella incredible. smart. At least Kylie, when you come back, come look at us. We look great. <laughs> um, I saw I should, Kylie try to sneak by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't work. Um, I should <laughs> Chris going all fancy with the pinky. Uh, um, I should say we are um, one short. Hi, Kylie. How are you? She can't hear me. <laughs> They're all talking uh, to you, but you can't. You can't hear. Them. <laughs> we, I um, had to put on my glasses just to just to match. I, I, I should, curled my hair. <laughs> I should say that we're one short. Troy is not joining us. He's actually in the middle of moving and he's got a lot of stuff going on right now. So he is not going to join us for the next couple episodes, but uh, he will be back soon. Yeah. That, that uh, makes two you, of Troy. us having to move in the last couple weeks. So it's true. That's, that's a big reason why it's, it's been so long since we've re- wow. released an episode. Is I moved about a month ago and then Troy moved this week. And so it's just been, been wild. It's been crazy couple of weeks. I just got my uh, car registered in Arizona and I got Ooh. my, my Arizona driver's license, which is. Dude, your, your ID official. Yeah, no, it's weird. Thought, but. But you're good for 50 years now. Good for 50 years with that Arizona driver's license. <clears throat> Chris is smiling like an idiot at the camera right now. I don't know. I'm taking a, a snippet. <laughs> I tried doing it before uh, okay, and Kylie was like, no, I'm in it. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure the audio is picking up all of her uh, voice right now. We're getting a little bit. She has ice cream. Get out of my office. <laughs> you would. Uh, now I want some ice cream. Yeah. I that looks good. Some ice cream. I want We're a chocolate actually, taco. Morgan actually made a uh, a uh, some pudding, Ooh. and it's one of those pudding that some of the pudding that you have to cook. You ever had that before? I, I know you have that to cook all pudding. So it so, so you don't like mix milk with a powder and then put it in the fridge for ten minutes. Yeah, that's how I've always made pudding. <laughs> <laughs> you mix milk with powder, and by the time you put it in the fridge, it's already started to thicken up. It's uh, weird. Growing up, we always made cooked pudding. Really? Yeah. The I, only cooked pudding we ever had was rice pudding. Yeah. Right. No, that's all I had. Oh, <laughs> arroz con leche. Hey, what have you uh, been up to, guys? <laughs> What have I been up to? I actually have been playing uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Ooh. I bought that. And I don't know 
if it's like a PlayStation 5 game that they released on the PlayStation 4, so there's some issues there, or if Ubisoft is just dropping the ball. But the pretty broken. Gl- oh my gosh, the glitchiness of this game is insane. I've had multiple times where I'm having a conversation with someone and the other person just disappears. The the character just disappears. Um, it is constantly uh, like glitching. Uh, there's the loading screens take forever. Uh, I'm just like everything about it. I'm just like this. There's no way. It there's must no be way. the the next gen console thing. It, I, I, that's how I felt with Cyberpunk too. That's what I'm wondering. I'm yeah. I'm I'm wondering. It's got to be the fact that it's a PlayStation Five game that they kind of dumbed down a little bit to get on the PlayStation Four for the graphics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just so heavy. Apart from that, like, how's the, the story and stuff? So it's very um, that they're going on. So the the way the story plays is it feels like the TV show Vikings. Um, the main character in Vikings is um, Ragnar Lothbrok, and the main people that you're working with in the video game is are the Ragnar sons which are the sons of Ragnar Lothbrok. So you're, you're uh, dealing with his sons and you're trying to overthrow England and take over England for... So, so and they're like historically accurate. So, people. yeah, that's how, that's usually how Assassin's Creed games work is you're not obviously playing a character that existed, but most of the people you interact with are are fictional or not are not fictional characters they're real people that did exist and so yeah it's cool it's been a lot of fun it's been very interesting going through like ninth century england seeing how like london used to be just like a bunch of roman ruins because the romans founded most of england and then stuff that it's I weird how their their roads are still there too. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's just weird that like ninth century roads are still around, but like ours, there's like potholes. <laughs> I seventeen, and anybody who's been to Phoenix knows that I seventeen is a it's a dumpster. It, you're driving through literal garbage, and but like the whole and, town of Phoenix is just garbage. No, no, no. no. I I seventeen. Mm. I seventeen is just. It's just a trail of garbage going north and south through Phoenix. But the road that was built by the ninth century Romans in London still holds up. But you can't go 70 miles an hour on it. And it doesn't have hundreds or thousands of people going 70 miles an hour over every day. So I guess. there is that. I guess. I mean, I'm sure back in the day you were going top speed. It was built for it. <laughs> It's like 15 miles an hour. It was nuts. There's four horsepower wagons. <laughs> Dang, you rich, bro. Four <laughs> horsepower. That's wild stuff. Anyway, there was so that's what I've been doing. I uh I also had a, a small little event of getting engaged. Oh nice. This is Chris is clapping, clapping with his uh 
gloved hand so you can't hear it. Yeah, I had a small little event of having surgery. Right oh, nice. Is it the but same one you had before? Mm-mm. Oh. Wasn't as uh, intensive. But I don't want to steal your thunder. Congrats on your engagement, sir. Yeah, yeah. everyone everyone, go to his... Is it on your Instagram? Instagram. I know it's on Facebook. Facebook you can too. watch his fiance slap the ring out of his hand while he's... <laughs> <laughs> I cannot tell you how many text messages I got saying she really tried to hit that out of your hand. <laughs> she, uh, she knew it was coming and tried to like ruin the video. Uh, she like swung her hand back and then back again, slapped slapped at the ring a couple times. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> the day the day we got the day we moved into the apartment in Phoenix, I popped the question. So hopefully in a year I'll be married. We'll Very see. nice. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Congrats, dude. That's what I'm up to. Um, what about you guys? So uh, I've been... I, it's weird. Have we not recorded in like a month? Because it feels like a month. It's been a while. But yeah. uh, Scott introduced me to a YouTube channel that I just like got obsessed with. Scott and it was, uh, introduced you to YouTube channel? Uh-huh. No. <laughs> yeah. We have the same algorithm. Do you, by the way, do you are you guys seeing videos right now of of black guys watching Family Guy and trying not to laugh? Yeah. Oh yeah. But but, but, but for so me, much. for so me, much. it's I, I get I get that a lot. I like, I get, I've never watched this before. Why are they suggesting it? it? I get uh, black guys reacting to Little Dicky uh-huh. all the time. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I watched a few, and I was it kills me every time they break. It kills me. Yeah, I know it's. Yeah. Uh, um, anyway. Or they watch Bill Burr or Tom Segura mm-hmm. or something like that, or, or like classic rock or something, mm-hmm. and like pretend like they've never heard Queen before. <laughs> I know, huh? Um. So anyway, Scott introduced me to the punk rock MBA, mm-hmm. and I love it. I love it. It's. I actually like, watched a bunch of that recently. It's too. really rekindled my love of like rock when I was younger. Pop mm-hmm. punk uh, from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. pop punk or even like what do they call post hardcore or whatever the Dude, there's core. so many delineations of easy core punk easy core is what yeah easy core metal and yeah mm-hmm. but it's, it's just really cool because like i kind of grew out of it but then i i didn't realize that the genre kept kind of going and then um it kind of rebranded as like a like emo hip-hop and and I was, I was, I just conflated that all with this mumble rap. I was like, oh, that's all just, you know, under, underneath that umbrella, but it's not. And so like, um, what's his, but uh, MGK's new album is actually really good. Yeah. It's like pop punk. Yeah. It sounds just like, um, like a Silverstein album from like 10 years ago. That's and then speaking of Silverstein had a new album that just came out last year and it's freaking awesome. And it's cause it's like, they, it's like they finally have like looked at like how hip hop markets themselves. Like, like there's a, there's a guy in a band from attack attack and he started a band called Bill Murray, like uh like Al Pacino, but it's B I L M U R I. And he basically just pumps out music like crazy. And then he collabs with a bunch of different artists and then he just, here's a new song. Here's a new song with like stupid music videos. And yeah. Modern, awesome. mo- modern musicians, they, it's not about the band that from what, what I've learned from uh, this punk rock NBA, like you're a rapper. It's like, you're not, it's, it's about being an individual creator and you're 
first a uh, influencer and second a musician. Mm-hmm. That's how to make it big. It's so yeah. weird. But it's but it's like they're doing really cool stuff. Dude, but but his his the video about um um Bam Margera was like super enlightening about this because his whole CKY videos mm-hmm. and stuff, it was like a precursor to what we call influencers today on YouTube, mm-hmm. where they had a house where they all lived and they <clears throat> did stupid stuff and they were buddies. And anyway, it's really interesting. That and there's the a parallels. band called CKY. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting. Cause yeah. all I did was watch the one video about ska and then listen to less than Jake for a couple days. <laughs> Yeah, and that actually brings up a good point is I really like his take on things because he's very much like he has his opinions about music, but he's mm-hmm. like, if you like it, then just then love it and then and do it. Like his he, thing he, about he won't, he won't ever like judge anyone for their for the he'll music say case. like I he's like it's not for me, but he's like, Let yeah. me explain to you why no doubt got so big. Dude, that or, his uh, thing about Paramore, no doubt Paramore got big. His thing about no doubt and how they're one of the best or one of the one of the most influential ska bands out there. I was like, I even mean, though even though they're not, I didn't even think of no doubt they're as ska. a ska band. I their first that, album maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they're, I was like, I never even thought of that. And then the more I listened to what the music was playing in the background, I was like, yeah, there's a lot of ska elements at least. Mm-hmm. They in, called in them that. Scott and they were labeled under Scott. And so they, they brought a lot of attention to it. Yeah. Dude, speaking kind of like uh, Blink-182. Speaking of, I, I was, uh, when I was with Scott recently, we were, we, I, we were talking about our live music episode and it was like, uh, you three family members and then me. And I was like, dude, I've never heard of half of these bands. And it was weird for me not to have heard of these bands. And then I, so I, I went home and I looked up a few and I was listening, listening to them with Kylie. And we were like, how did this like Irish soccer music get lumped into ska? Like, why did these guys tour together? <laughs> like, how did yeah. like flogging Molly hang out with like Les and Jake? They don't even sound like each other. Well, there ska had has had a couple waves. And I think second wave ska was big like 70s England. Yeah. And so uh, that could have been how like these Irish U- U- UK bands. This, I don't know. The it gets real nerdy. But like the third wave, third wave ska is what you think of as ska right now, like real mm-hmm. big fish and less than Jake and that stuff. So where's the fourth wave? Is it just not coming? It hasn't come yet. Probably not. But second wave is like 70s in England. And then first wave ska is like Jamaica. Jamaica. And yeah, it's actually the reggae like, band like tour with the ska bands. Too. Well, yeah. So first wave ska like created reggae was like a branch off of first wave ska. Yeah. And ska like, was before reggae. And like, so there was reggae and ska and rock steady. And there's some very good bands like uh, Rude Boy or Ru- from, Rudy. From no, you. Um, God, what's I? I don't want to sing the song because. I mean, well, but, Ska died in the nineties, so we don't need to talk about it. But the the there's the one song from the islands where he talks about being a Rudy, and that's part of like first wave Ska. And anyway, I'll post. I'll I'll send you guys a link. Anyway, it's very it's crazy, interesting when you get into the history of it. But yeah, punk rock NBA. You guys should check it out. He's a uh, very knowledgeable about music. He's like he basically explained like how bands like Corn got so big and how 
like they like every other weirdo band after that like slipknot and anyone that was looked like a clown or something yeah uh but he explains like like this producer worked on this album and this album and this is why it made it so big like like look this is the same producer from maroon five and he worked on a freaking fallout boy album or a lincoln park album dude and so, he does things like he'll lump these bands together into like like this band that I love and this band that I hate. And he's like, Oh, and they're and like, he'll lump them together in the same category. And I'm like, at first it like throws me, but then mm-hmm. that you more, the more you think about it, like he's looking at it so objectively. And I always, I'm looking at it so subjectively, like, mm-hmm. like I'm like emotionally connected to a band or disconnected. And it's really, he's taken like a top down view yeah. of it. Yeah. That's interesting. He actually did. I, I mean, just as, not talk about this more but i thought it was cool because he talked about a genre called butt rock which i've never heard of <laughs> but butt rock is like uh anything that, like on a radio station they're like this is nothing but rock and it, <laughs> they'll play like three days grace or disturbed uh-huh. Uh-huh. and he um he, like like if you're like a military wife you probably listen to this like a five finger death punch mm-hmm. you know Dude, um, i love butt rock yeah i mean well that's the thing that he was saying about it he's like a lot of people dismiss butt rock because they're like, oh, they just pump out a uh, hit after hit for the radio. This is generic stuff to play on the radio. That's all they're trying to do. They're sellouts. And then he's like, if you think it's so easy, why don't you pump out hit after hit and play your music on the radio? And he's was, like, try it. Try to make something that's catchy that like you'll remember it in your head for 20 years from now. Like, please I remember, try it. I remember having this conversation when that uh, Australian comedy group <laughs> did the four chord song. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it's just the same four chords over and over again, and you can make a pop hit easy. And I was, and then I had this discussion with someone. I was like, well, why doesn't everybody just make a mm-hmm. pop hit? Yeah, it, it's, it's it makes a fun comedy bit, but but in reality, it turns not. out it takes more than just uh, knowing the four chords. Yep. All right, should we get started? Do it. Well, real quick, I wanted to. Oh, oh yeah. never mind. Let's go. Uh, so anyway, um, at my work, we, uh, we get this like stipend or whatever for, um, for like team activities. Mm-hmm. And this, in this month we, uh, all got like a subscription box that we got to choose. And I did comic books and it's this comic book subscription box that gives like a bunch of like, like first edition things to, of comics. Is it comics all started? It's called comic. I don't know what it's called. You just made me a very jealous person, Scott. Um, so I just so I got um, X Men Demon Days. Have you guys heard of that? It's really cool. Never heard of Demon. Oh, you get like actual. Yeah, the actual comic. Oh, dude, you made uh, me a very jealous person, (laughs) dude. It's it's like thirty bucks, and you get this box. But this is like it's like X Men, but um, using it's basically X Men and miyazaki meet where it's like they're they're taking it's this particular comic it's like japanese um like ancient religious stuff um and like so like i can't remember what they're called but these spirits in the that live in the forest that are there are these bad things but like this one is like attacking this village and then he and then he like goes into rage mode and he's the hulk and it's like like oh my goodness this is cool so, Dude, um, it's interesting that um, like you're saying that the Japanese lore, and this is like a rabbit hole we could talk about forever because I feel like comics are so 
foreboding to like, where do I start? Mm-hmm. You know, like, do I have to read Spider-Man 1962 like, issue one? Like, where do I start with comics? Yeah. But they're, they recently started over and they are outsourcing to Japan, like uh, Shonen Jump. Um, so they're incorporating a lot of Japanese lore into comics. Like the biggest, uh, most selling comic in the United States right now is a Deadpool made by Shonen Jump. Like it's bigger than anything made in America because American comics are just so political now. Like it's like they, it's all they can ever do is just try to push an agenda, and so it's like really polarizing. And so like it's like the the fan base they're trying to appeal to doesn't buy comic books. And so like it's it's just failing like crazy. So the the biggest comic book in America right now is a is a manga or is a manga. I don't know how you mm-hmm. pronounce it, but it's the the dead because because they're outside of the U.S. politics and yeah, and like they, they just, don't they don't have an agenda. They're just trying to like tell a cool story. That's cool. So so this one though it's it's like, um, the next uh, number two comes out in in June. So like. It's like running. It's like in middle of running. So I'm really excited for the next one to come out and I'll buy it. Dude, um, Invincible just came out on Amazon. Have you have you heard of that or read that? Uh-uh. You, should, you should get that. It's good. And then I got this one too. I th- you might have heard of this one, Berserker. Oh, that's uh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. It's, really, it, it's like the most gory thing I've ever seen. Like he's <laughs> he's punching like, look at this picture. He's punching this guy's face off. <laughs> Dude, I love Keanu Reeves. Like he can just do no wrong right now. It's pretty. It's it's pretty awesome. I'm I'm excited about it. I canceled the subscri- subscription because I don't need any more mm-hmm. things to buy. But um, th- there's like five other comics. But anyway, I figured I'd share that. It's pretty that's cool. cool. Yeah, that's that's red. All right. So um, for this episode today. Um, I think Chris actually had uh, had the idea to watch uh, watch a movie. Yes, I did. I uh, what what do we call this segment? Is it uh, I'll do anything once? I'll yeah. Mm-hmm. I doubt we haven't done one of these in a in a hot minute. It's been a bit. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to watch the movie uh, Hell or High Water. And the reason why I even watched this movie in the first I'm, place. I'm interested in hearing why you wanted to do this one. Yeah. Well, um, last year I put on our Instagram page, uh, cause everybody was doing like top 10 lists of like the year, the, 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 the 2010s. Like, and so they were doing like, it was like 2010 to 2019, which is 10 years. And so they were saying like, hey, what's what's the best movies that came out in the last 10 years? So I saw a bunch of top 10 lists. And every time I looked, um, or whenever people were even answering on our Instagram, it was Hell or High Water was on there, um, Inception, Mad Max, um, but just a bunch of movies. Hell or High Water kept repeating over and over. It was like on everybody's list. And I honestly, like I, I had heard of it, but I never watched it never uh bothered i guess i, I mean it, i was like oh cool chris pine i'm sure it's fine i just never like pulled the trigger until i saw this, this reoccurring movie on the list and uh, it was on netflix and um i think actually my loan officer uh tony what's up tony um but he said I, I recommended a movie to him and he's like okay i'll watch this if you watch hell or high water 
It was on Netflix, so I just watched it and I was blown away. Like I think I've seen it in the year since I watched it on Netflix like seven times because I had to show it to my parents. I had to show it to Kylie. I had to show it to her parents and then just friends and friends. And so I just constantly recommend it. And I was like, I never get sick of it. It's just so good. Um, and I don't know. I, I didn't know if you guys had seen it or not. So that's why we I was like, yeah, let's, let's do an episode about it. I had not seen it. And I, yeah. I was very glad that you suggested it because it was excellent. It was yeah. so, so good. Interesting. I actually had seen it, uh, but only a couple months ago. So it's not like, it's not like I watched it when it came out. I remember thinking I needed to watch it. I remember being, I think I was in school. No. It came out maybe. in 2016. Yeah. So it was right after I graduated from college, but I remember all my, all my friends from school were saying like, Oh, you got to watch this movie. This movie is super great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just never did until just a couple months ago. And yeah, uh, yeah it was awesome. I love there's, it. There, and, and there's so much to talk about with it. I feel like, like there's, it, it like th- there's, there's so many undercurrents what? and themes and things that you can pick up on that. It's like, it's, could, it's a lot of layers in this you movie. You can talk for an hour just on what the genre of the movie is. <laughs> yeah, they they call true. it modern or neo-Western, basically. Neo-Western. Uh, uh, what's that movie with uh, uh, Josh Brolin and the Coen, Coen brothers? Dude, I, it's funny you say Coen brothers because I have on my list of things to talk about that it felt like a Coen brothers movie. It felt it, like without the snappy dialogue... <laughs> It yeah. was it was very Coen Brothers esque to me. Um, yeah, so neo western is a genre that was basically invented by the Coen Brothers with the movie. What the fuck? Like, Hail Caesar. So mad at myself right now. It's not Hail Caesar. That's no, Hail Caesar. Western. Come on, dude. Josh Brolin and I'm looking at Josh Brolin movies. Anton Shagurg. Uh. <laughs> Listen to us. No country away. for old men. That's it. No country for old oh, men. Oh, okay. So that was the first like neo western. Where it's yeah, because uh, that's because yeah. I I talked Morgan into watching this movie with me, Hell or High Water, and she's like, well, "What kind of movie is it?" And I was like, "Well, it's kind of like a modern western." And she's like, Ugh, "She doesn't like westerns." And I was like, "But it, it's also like." A bank robbery movie, like it's a, a heist buddy cop movie, movie, but it's a buddy cop movie. Like, there's just so much that goes into like what the genre of this movie is. Um, though, and, and uh, you know, just Western to establish, by the way, we're not going to be talking any spoilers right off the bat. We'll try to warn you. We'll 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 deep dive into spoilers like at the end of the episode. So yeah, now we'll just be I, I guess a glowing review of the movie, um, and then. We'll we'll tell you if you want to if you haven't seen it yet you can uh, pause the episode watch it and come back and finish. I would suggest it because the the movie is just so great. And uh, um, I even put here that the the director he directed the movie Sicario. Right. And since then, Sicario's had a sequel. Um, but the the so not the director. I'm sorry, the writer. Um, he wrote Sicario. And then he wrote Hell or High Water. And then he wrote uh, Wind River with um, Jeremy Renner, which I actually haven't seen. I haven't seen um, it either. But then There's he's been working on, on he's been working on that show Yellowstone with 
Kevin Costner. I've, I've heard, heard very good, good things. Yeah. Actually, no, I, the, I set, the, the set director for that. You what? The set director for Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. That it's Trisha's good friends. Husband. Oh, you know them. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. At least for the first couple seasons, maybe. Anyway. They were filming it in Utah for a while. <laughs> the so the writer's named Taylor Sheridan. And he uh he wrote um Sicario, Hell or High Water, and Wind River as a trilogy. Um really? so, mm-hmm. he 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 calls it like the, the America trilogy or something like that. But it's basically like the end of an era. Um because like if you look at like if you look at Jeff Bridges' character in the movie, he's like a an old gunslinger mm-hmm. that has to retire because he's getting older and the world around him is changing and he doesn't like the change. Dude, but that's that, sorry, go ahead. Uh, when you say that, I immediately think of that scene at the um gas station where they were they're in their old like like nineties car or whatever. Oh yeah, he's that old car, and then the new car pulls up with the gangster kids. Um, I love that scene dude. It, with like the charger; it's all souped up and bright pulls green. And everything. like, I love that scene. Yeah, it's good stuff. So good. It's uh, but, but but that juxtaposition yeah. of of the new versus old because like the brothers are like almost stuck between new and old. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's there's there's a lot of that like that well, and that showing was the, that contrast. Like each uh, each of those movies too, he kind of had like a like a theme in mind because Sicario is like the end of the West because it's like the war on drugs, so it's like political, so like politics killed the West, and then the second one they're robbing banks, so it's like the economy, like the economy killed yeah, the West. Yeah, the banks are the bad guys. And then the third one, Wind River, I guess it's like it's in Wyoming and it's middle of winter and it's two degrees outside. Um, but they don't like respect mother nature basically. And so uh, the biggest villain in that is like um, like the elements. And, and so it's like people are out there, they're like building houses. And so um, whatever fancy word you want to use for plowing down trees and building houses that also killed the West. Development. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's like, and it's funny because the, the movie Hell or High Water almost feels like um, pre-dystopia. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, it, it almost like almost Mad Max, the way they're like driving around in like a barren wasteland where in West Texas, in West Texas, where people are seemingly like ten years away from like being destitute, and because like just based on all the sign, you constantly see signs for like for. Uh, Refinance uh, your house. Re- refinance or, mm-hmm. or like crappy loans or whatever it is. There's just signs all over for and it and the whole the whole movie's based on trying to get over on a bank because a bank got over on you and and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting that there was that intention behind it because I I definitely felt it. Yeah, I, didn't I mean, know, I didn't know how to articulate it though. It felt like um, you know, have you have you guys seen the movie Dread where um there's like not there's cops they all live in this giant city but they have to be selective with their with their crime cases right and the only like police you see in the movie are the two texas rangers and i guess there's like local law enforcement 
but they basically are the only two on the case in this humongous West Texas. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where they're traveling from town to town. It's like 80 miles in between. But there's a wildfire and there's farmers trying to get the cattle. And his partner's like, should we call the fire department? And he's like, they're not going to get here in time. It's like 85 miles away. He's like, these boys are on their own. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was a kind of a powerful scene because yeah. it was like, they, these guys are on their own. Like not even the law can help them out I, here. Th- I had to that, rewind that here, to, in... to hear what the, the cowboy said in that, at that part. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I didn't, I didn't catch it. The cowboy was like, said something along the lines, of like, no wonder my kids aren't going to be doing this or something mm-hmm. like that. So it also gets into like foreshadowing in the future of the movie, like the law, they're on their own. The bank robbers, they're on their own. Like mm-hmm. they, all these everyone, they're on their own because it's just, there's nothing out there. I wanted to talk about the opening scene, like the, the whole establishing shot, the establishing sequence. Um, because the first scene you see is the brothers in ski masks and they're robbing a bank. And um, I thought it was the, the writer said that he wanted to start on a scene that kind of showed you the brother's personality, but it didn't want to give you the motive because he felt like, uh, and I won't, I won't dive into it right now. We'll, we'll do that in spoilers, but he felt like if I told you the reason why he was robbing the bank, you would root for them. I don't know. I don't want to tell you who to root for. I just want to show you the characters. Dude, and that, that idea, because <clears throat> I can't even remember the point where you learn their motives. It it took mm-hmm. so long to learn why they were doing what they were doing. Right. Um, which I thought was awesome. Like it was yeah. like it, it was just like pulled you in because the the characters are all charismatic and you you like them or you hate them. like they're all really good, but you don't know well, even why they're doing it. Yeah, so the the opening scene, they're robbing a bank, and they're, they're there's like a nice old lady, and they're pushing her around, like uh, yelling at her, cussing at her, like open the effing vault, um, and then she even says like right off the bat, like y'all must be new at this because we don't keep that much money in the registers; they're in the safe, and the safe is locked under key, and the owner has the key. But what was interesting is that you watch, you immediately knew which brother was nice and which one was unhinged. Mm-hmm. And because one of them like calls her ma'am, he's like, ma'am, who has a key? And he like, like she's on the floor and he kind of like gets down on her level and like, um, so, you know, he's going to go through with it. Like he's there, but you know, which one of them is like, not as crazy, you know, which one of them is. So I, I just love. I thought it was brilliant. Him, like the the owner, got walks in. They smack him in the face with a gun, and then they leave with a bunch of cash. And then the Chris Pines, like he didn't have to hit him. Mm, smacked um, him in the schnozzola. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he immediately says like he didn't have to hit him. So you knew right from then. Oh, like oh, Chris Pine was a nice one because he was wearing the ski mask. You couldn't really. I guess you couldn't really tell. Also, um, how great does Ben Foster play a creep? Dude, Ben Foster is the most underrated actor. He's so like, good. I saw so an interview good. with Chris Pine where he, because he worked with him on something else. Uh, they were firemen. I don't remember what it's called. Um, but Chris Pine's like, I get to work with my good buddy, Ben Foster, again. And he's so ridiculously talented that it's frustrating. Like, I'm so jealous. <sighs> and I was like, it's so weird to see like A list Chris, Chris, Chris Pine, like handsome Chris Pine, say he's jealous of Ben Foster. Because he Ben Foster is amazing. 
Remember Ben Foster and 310 to Yuma? Yeah, I was telling Scott about that. I was like, you need to watch that one, dude. And he's like, because uh, he came into town to try and he's in that movie, he came in, in 310 to Yuma. And he's just like, Mr. They were there and they were shooting bullets. Like, because <laughs> he was trying to convince the, the marshals to leave town. He's like, do you know how many there were? He's like, they were shooting bullets at me. I don't know. It just his his delivery, his timing. Uh, he's the biggest a hole in this movie, and he was my favorite character. Yeah, by far. But, like when he's I, driving off with all all in the car fast, and he's like, slow down. I ain't speeding, dude. That yeah. was some of my speeding. favorite line because that was uh, throughout the entire movie. Slow yeah. down. I ain't speeding. <laughs> and he was just like, like so cool. Like he had some of the best lines. Dude, like, yeah, the the script in this movie is a ten, and the the brother's character building was so good, and and it, I think it kind of brings up the the slow pace of the movie mm-hmm. because like definitely a slow pace. Yeah, you, you immediately like that that opening scene. Like, sure, it does open with them robbing a bank, but it takes like a three or four minute wonder to like pan around the whole parking lot so you can see the town you can see like a, there's a lot of exposition going on in that one shot and it takes it felt like it take took forever for any action to happen and then it mm-hmm. did it was it was it was good action and stuff and good but it's like they were very intentionally slow and methodical with the pacing and uh and let moments breathe like when they were like wrestling and stuff in the when in their in the yard like it was just like I don't know. It, it felt kind of out of place in modern movies, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, but it's very good. I was, I was very, very. And the the soundtrack pleased. too for the movie. That was like, the last thing I was going to talk about before because I don't really like um, country too much, but I liked the country in this. Like it was super fitting. In fact, <laughs> Scott, let me let me share my screen so I can share the song that they play. Um, at the do opening, I, do I have to let you? Yeah, it says you need a host disabled participant screen sharing. So, Chris, by the way, yeah, um, I while we were watching this movie, I actually said to Morgan, I said, uh, if this is what country music was, then I would be a fan of country music. Well, I actually reached, reached out to Reese and I was like, I was like, hey, this is not my wheelhouse, but what's this genre? He's like, I guess it's folk, like folk country. Yeah, if that's what country music was, then I would be a fan of country. Like, I'm not a fan of like Florida Georgia Line or any of that. Like pop, they were a rock music. band too. They just kind of changed their genre. Uh, punk rock NBA talks about Florida Georgia Line. <laughs> I just I I'm not a fan of that type of like Nashville country. But this mm-hmm. stuff, I man, I every song, every song that came on, I was like, I love this song. I love it. This is great music. Is this the very first song? Chris? Is it Dollar yeah, Bill? So Blue? this is a song that, yeah, this is the song that they play uh, when they're leaving in the car, um, and they're like the the establishing shot where he's like, "I ain't speeding," and then they drive off in the car, and uh, Ben Foster's laughing at Chris Pine for being like paranoid after they just robbed the bank. Um. And then this song comes in, you see the title screen, Hell or High Water. And I was like, oh my gosh, dude, that opening was like perfect. And there's like perfect song to play right as soon as this, uh, that right as soon as the bank heist is over. 
I really I like this dude's voice a lot. Early in the morning. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it. This is what I was saying. This is what country music was. I'd love, I'd be a huge fan of country music. And the, uh, this guy singing, I was looking him up, and he's been around since the 70s. He used to tour with like Chris Christofferson when he was uh, playing music. That's wow. funny. Where people listen the most is LA. In London? Look at that. That's interesting. Anyway. Yeah, I thought it was just like a perfect song to kind of establish. Because it, it kind of has like a darkness to it, the song. It was like talking yeah. about slitting throats to steal pearls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a what is it, melancholy feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess from so from there, uh, something else I really liked is as the the story unfolds too. Uh, there isn't much exposition. There's a lot of like establishing shots of like the kind of like the beautiful landscape, but they also establish the world um, and like the inhabitants that live there. Because uh, they they rob a bank again, and they there's a guy already standing in the bank, and he's an older guy, and he's just mm-hmm. kind of shooting the breeze with the teller, and he runs jump on the counter, and he's like, "What in the hell are you doing?" And this is Texas, and you're like, "Put your gun out on the counter," and he's looking up at them. He's an older guy, and he's like, "I can't believe y'all are robbing the bank. You ain't even Mexican." <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I died, and uh, and then they're like, "Do you have a gun?" Like, "Hell yeah, I do." <laughs> yeah. But, and then so, he shot at him when they left. Like, but he was like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, everyone in West Texas, like if you're older, like yeah, you're probably racist. <laughs> oh, dude, Jeff Bridges' <laughs> racism. Oh, dude, like the, the buddy cop the... between the brothers and the buddy cop between Jeff Bridges and Alberto. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I loved it. It was so great. It was so great. But but like. I don't know. Is that it? Was was he racist? Because like, should we get into spoilers? Um, let's do we yeah. want? Is there more to talk about? Um, yeah, let's. Let, I mean, let's there's definitely that. more to talk about, but I think this might be a good spot to cut to spoilers. So if you're out there and if you have heard us so far, pause this episode. It'll be here forever. You can come back, uh, but do yourself a favor. Go and watch this movie um it's a it's a bank heist it's a thriller it's a western it's it's a buddy cop it's it's hilarious it's got some of the best writing in any movie i've ever seen so high drama high action high comedy mm-hmm. high planes mm-hmm. <laughs> gunslinging hipsters yep um so so anyway um just like obviously he was just ribbing him wasn't he like it's like how oh, yeah. we rib each other yeah so th- th- there is some like i guess well he was just saying he, like overtly racial things yeah yeah but but well, like Alberto is a like a native american and he's also hispanic half, he's also mexican half yeah. mexican half native and he's a, a christian mm-hmm. and but like so spoiler when he dies like jeff bridges is like it, it like Strong. kills it kills him 
Yeah. It, it like is well it doesn't literally kill him. It like it, he's devastated. Like, he 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 loves the guy. He's a really good friend. Well, in the Oh, sorry, go ahead. So it, he obviously doesn't see himself the, the only way he sees himself as as above him was literally their position in the <laughs> in the precinct, you know? Like he was he was the senior police yeah. officer. So it, it, I I don't know. The whole or whatever, movie or whatever too Texas was, Rangers call themselves. Yeah, the whole movie so, so, was yeah. setting up for um, Jeff Bridges' retirement, and Taylor Sheridan said that in in Texas you're a, you're a cop, and he had an uncle that was a Texas Ranger, and the day before his retirement he was kicking doors down, you know, like, and then the next day retirement, and he was at home, so he was like able bodied and he can still work, and he was forced into retirement. Hmm. And uh, he like kind of lost all purpose in life, and he was an older and life was passing him by. There was technology. There was stuff he didn't recognize anymore. So that was basically Jeff Bridges' character. So mm. he was he was saying the Jeff Bridges character was saying stuff like, "You're gonna miss me when I'm gone. You're gonna miss my jokes. You're gonna miss me making fun of you the most." And it, it was uh, he said like, "When you're when you're there at my funeral, you're gonna be there with your family, and you're gonna be saying how much I miss these jokes." And Alberto's like, "Well, I can't wait for that day." And then Alberto dies dude and when he said that i was like one of these two two is dying yep yeah yep as soon as he said that i was like oh you that's that's uh chekhov's death mm-hmm. and and to cap it off he dies from my favorite character in the movie yep just shooting him in the head <sighs> until you're like wow i'm conflicted but <laughs> like, that oh, that man. was the first th- it was interesting because they because the two the two sets of main characters never interact they're like until that moment until that moment like that that was other than other than the last scene when when they when bridges confronts pine like there's not there's no interaction between them Mm -hmm. man when he was but like how great was that moment when ben foster basically just told him told that Chris Pine? Chris Pine said, "Go." What's your Toby and Tanner? That was their names, yeah. right? When he's like, "Go, go to the casino, get this done." And dude, I loved, like, I loved that moment when he. And was you're like, like, "He's gonna die. He's he sacrificing like, himself." But like, he's like, "Where are you going?" And he's like, "Hey, they, they got money and get out of here." And he's, and he's like, "You're gonna do something stupid." And he's like, "Hey, Toby, I love you, man. I mean it." And I was like, "Oh, dude, dude, like, my heart." And then he does what every every guy oh, every does. does. F you. <laughs> He's like, hey, Tope, go F yourself. Yeah, that's the yeah. last thing they say to each other. <laughs> yeah. Go F yourself. It's funny because Morgan was like, I don't get that last part. I was like, you wouldn't. It's a guy thing. It's a guy thing. Yep. I was like, I can't tell you how many times I've left a parking lot giving the finger to Jose or Troy mm-hmm. or Chris, whoever as or, I'm leaving. And it's my way of saying, I love you and I'll see you later. Yeah. It's yeah. A couple of years ago, it was the, the whole no homo thing. Like mm-hmm. you, you say something nice to your buddy, no homo, no homo. Right. You just have to establish we're still manly men here. We're still manly men. And like, um, uh, speaking of more Tanner moments, um, the part you guys brought it up earlier, but the part where he is at the gas station and those the the guys pulled up in that like green was it a Mustang or a Camaro or something? It, I think it was a Charger, but yeah, I can't remember. But they're like black because they were listening to like their country, and then they pull up listening to like some kind of black metal, 
And then they're like, what are you looking at? And Tanner's just sitting in the car. And then uh, like he, pulls, sleeping. he pulls a gun out and he taps it. And Tanner's still unfazed. And he's like, you want to go? And Tanner says my favorite um, threatening line ever. He's like, boy, you'd think there was 10 of me. And he says <laughs> it while sitting in his car with a gun pointed at his face. Yep. And it, it pisses him off enough that the guy gets out of the car. And then uh, Toby, Chris Pine, comes back and just beats the hell out of him so good <laughs> and he goes around to the, the, the passenger and the guy's like you gotta come in you gotta come in Dude, I, the best part I is lo- toby picks up so, the gun and throws the gun like, and then Tanner, the gun. tanner's like oh now you remember the gun uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, I love i love that scene just because it seemed like up until then toby chris pine's character was not a pushover but he was soft because he was nice to people, uh, but it showed that no, he he was a he was a cowboy. He he wasn't. Oh, dude, is this like the way they edit it? Like it looked like he got hit so hard. Like yeah. whatever stunt man was there, he just like like wrestling. He like he sold it. And, and then uh, that and, uh, had... when he leaves though, and uh, Tanner is unfazed by the whole thing. He's like, "What the hell is this? I told you to eat me Dr Pepper. This is Mr Pib." <laughs> Only ask drink, Mr. Pib. Totally like, well, drink, drink up. Say, that's my, <laughs> I'm to say that's my up. favorite joke in the. That's the funniest part of the whole movie because I don't know how, you trying to how piss many, me off, Mr. Pib. <laughs> I don't know how many Texans you've known, but Dr. Pepper is a religion in it's Texas. Made in Waco, dude. Like, yeah, Dr. Pepper is a religion, and Mr. Pib is not an acceptable substitute. <laughs> like not even close and so uh when he's like you trying to piss me off he's like what he says i told you to get dr pepper he says, well what do you mean he said this is mr pib that's all they had only yeah. have drink, mr. drink pib. mr pib drink up <laughs> and th- it's funny because i have two old roommates that are from both they both live in houston now and uh when i watched this the first time i rewound it and recorded that just that scene just that exchange and sent it to them and they were like hell yeah on the drink mr pib don't come at me with your weak ass mr pib dr pepper week i was like yeah, yeah it's funny there's because that's local humor and you would have to know a texan or grow up in texas to know that kind of humor that's and that's the details the tiny details mm-hmm. in a script that really bring a script to life i think yeah and uh i mean even if you don't live in texas it's a funny line like who, who wants mr when you have you have dr pepper <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the juxtaposed with like the violence that you saw just before it because yep. it, it just shows that tanner is unfazed by the stuff like he's kind of a hard ass well, like yeah because um toby beats him up he's like told you it'd be like 10 10 of me or something <laughs> told you you'd think there's 10 of me yeah. oh dude that's just such a good line like if you're about to fight somebody and you say you'd think there's 10 of me boy you'd think there's 10 of me oh it's so it, i just love script writing in this mm-hmm. so um, good the uh then there's things like like i said some of these little details that when they go back to the trailer and uh tanner's picking up um the guns and he's loading guns up into his bags and stuff. Mm-hmm. Literally check those gun. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. When he's loading that all up into his bag in the trailer, there's that, the yellow flag with the snake. Don't get yeah. on me. Yep. Like, oh yeah. yeah. The, there's that flag is mm-hmm. in that trail. And it's, it's a little detail that does it, that goes a long way into 
talking about who these people are, what these mm-hmm. care buildings. Their, their mindset are. going into this is, mm-hmm. yep. Also, uh, about, like the lines of from Tanner of like, who the hell gets drunk off beer? Like, <laughs> he says that all the time throughout the movie. Like, he's like, don't get drunk. He's like, it's just beer. Who the hell gets drunk on beer? And that that's the kind of person the the character building for the brothers is great. I think around this time too is when you find out that uh, that their their mom died uh, recently. And they recently discovered oil on her land on her farm. And the bank owns a majority of her land because she got like a second or a third mortgage or something. Is that right? And so they owe the bank $55,000. They don't have that much money, but they know they have oil. So the plan is to rob Texas Midland Bank, which is a made up bank. But they're robbing Texas Midland Bank. They're taking all their cash. And they're going to pay off what they owe the bank with their own money. With the so, bank's own money. <laughs> so that's why they only rob those banks. And, and there's only uh, four, bran- five branches or something like that? Uh, I think there's a lot, but the West Texas is so big. It, well, th- I think they said there was seven branches and the main one is in Fort Worth. And that's why they're not going to hit the main one. But they went and hit all the other little ones around West Texas. Yeah. And like uh, they're at a, they're at a diner when they kind of, kind of finally established this and the, the waitress the police is, are the waitress yeah. is the funniest thing the waitress is getting sweet on chris pine because he's devilishly handsome in this movie oh my goodness <laughs> the, he's my new man crush or th- yeah. this character is yeah for sure the whole time i was just like stroking Swing. my mustache like ooh, i want to be like him <laughs> chris um, I, thought, I thought you were talking about the <laughs> The waitress who told them not to order fish. Oh my god! The other, no, oh, at the other diner, the rattlesnake. Oh my goodness! Sorry, the age you getting? Yeah, <laughs> T bone. Well, well, we'll get to her, I guess, because I loved her. But the now I'm talking about like the the waitress that was sweet on him because he he gave her like a two hundred dollar tip. Uh, but that's the scene that shows that uh, the robbing banks, Texas Midland banks only. Tanner robs a bank that's not Texas Midland, and, and Toby gets pissed off at him. Um, but that's when you find out what their motive, why they're doing it. And then you also mm-hmm. find out that most of the citizens are on their side. Mm-hmm. So people in the in, area, not even citizens. Um, what's his face? The, the, the Texas Rangers that are chasing them are basically mm-hmm. on their side. Yeah. It was, it was interesting when the Rangers came into the restaurant and they're like, <laughs> do you see what happened? He goes, I saw the guys rob the bank that's been robbing me for 30 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, that's, I mean, yeah, it's great stuff. Um, what was I going to say? So, yeah, so it's, it's interesting that, like, the citizens are on their side. Um, they And even, like, the guy that works at the bank that's helping them pay off their, like, their financial advisor. Isn't that their like, lawyer? Knows, yeah, something. But he knows exactly what they're doing. Like, he ne- they never come out and say it. Yeah. But he knows what they're doing. Well, he, he basically he, says, like, I... I don't, if you don't tell me, I don't have to, I can mm-hmm. claim plausible deniability, but he's like, the fact that you're going to do, do this, pay off the bank with their own money is the best thing I've ever mm-hmm. heard. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Um, but that's and, and, the, and the plan okay. he puts together to do it is, is mm-hmm. genius. Only These small bills, uh, untrackable bills. And then they go up, go up to a casino to, to cash, to uh, launder the mm. money, to launder the money. They, they, they get it all out in chips. They don't even gamble. 
they, they, they do Tanner, a little bit. Tanner takes some and he's like, don't take very much. And he's all, <laughs> he's F you. And he literally says F you. And then he starts leaving with it. That's and he's like, hey, seriously. And he's like, S my D. <laughs> <laughs> all these chips i loved the i loved the the fact that it showed the girl trying to um work tanner mm-hmm. and he was oh, trying the prostitute she, and it was working trying, because he's was naive working. it shows that he's naive and tanner's right. a little more uh or world, he, he's worldly yeah, yeah tanner's Kobe. worldly and tanner came in and was just he's like, like what are you gonna you do thought- you're gonna take him up there and your pimp's gonna come beat him up and rob us Mm-hmm. yeah he's like you saw an easy mark and both and yeah it was great it was i also love when they're getting their rooms and he sees the girl working at the, the counter and he's just <laughs> making her laugh and he's like he's, he's like boy you're trouble and he's like when you're old and in the retirement home you're gonna think of me and giggle and i was <laughs> like that's the best pickup line ever pickup line. and then he has sex with her while his brother sleeps in the bed next to him but then he's like he's like I, he's like what is it about those nice girls you get them all riled up and he's like i wouldn't know i've never been with a nice girl and he's like yeah you like the ones that are just pissed off all the time <laughs> that's, that's what you attract because uh God. toby chris pine's got an ex-wife and and the the whole point of of robbing these banks and getting paying off a loan and getting their oil is that uh, he's going to give it to his kids. He's because he's been poor his whole life, and his sons will not be if he can do this successfully. That was so an interesting his, line. His noble goal is to give it to him. Yeah, not only has he been poor his whole life, but his dad's and his dad's oh, dad, wow. and yeah. it's just institutional. They, they make it seem like an illness, like it's genetic. It, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. That that was an interesting line when he talks about how it's a disease and it's yeah. something that you it, it's next to impossible to get out of, and it's it, it was a very interesting social statement that they made mm-hmm. in a movie that. I mean, it made a lot of social statements, but mm-hmm. yeah, without and, being overly political, which is super well, it made you think too. Like, it mm-hmm. made you question values you think you had already. Mm-hmm. The, the whole movie was was really interesting because, like, it was very cynical in in a lot of ways, but it was at the same time it was hopeful, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the like the situation and the and the um the aura around what was happening was very cynical and and depressing. But the I think it's just the one character, Toby. Um, was was very hopeful. Like he yeah. he was, I don't know. <laughs> he he and Jeff Bridges, I, I guess. But between between those two, there there was a, a sense of hope. Yeah. Whereas with Tanner, there was no hope. He like he was live hard, die young mm-hmm. for the entire time. He's always been that way. Yeah, and like, he was still on parole from his last in, in prison during right during you, the movie. you basically he, knew he was gonna go he even says like he's like well why are you doing this with me because you asked me to little brother mm-hmm. and i that, was like dude tanner's so that cool. is right. one of the best lines to go along with the town mm-hmm. when he's like hey i need your help we're gonna hurt some people mm-hmm. and you can never ask me about it again and he looks at him and he goes who's cow we taking like Oh, the town, the, the movie. The town, the movie with Jer- oh, when Jeremy Renner. Town, yeah. With Jer- when ah. Jeremy Renner says that, what car are we taking? Yeah. Like that that line from from Ben Foster where he's like, because you asked me to, little brother. That like that's a very similar line. Mm-hmm. Like as far as like an emotional response that you the emotional response I had to it. Yeah. 
it was very similar to that. And they're very similar characters, like Mm -hmm. live hard, die young. Like I'm all in or I'm not at all. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's very interesting. And I I feel like we've talked about the brothers a lot too, but I'd love to talk about uh, Jeff Bridges and Alberto um, as well, because they, these two are the two Texas Rangers chasing them and they're trying to piece together like which bank they're going to hit next. And that we kind of talked about briefly, but uh, Jeff Bridges is retiring. Alberto uh, gets shot at the end of the movie. Um, so the whole setup was for Jeff Bridges to be the one to, to retire and hang up his guns, but it's the opposite. And it like, it shatters his universe. Basically. Yeah. They, they joke around uh, earlier on in the movie that, that, Jeff Bridges isn't looking is is very much not looking forward to retirement, and so they they joke around like maybe you'll maybe Go you'll die in a blaze of glory. Yeah, and mm-hmm. blaze of glory. I yeah. re- screwed that. Blaze of glory. <laughs> Blades of glory. <laughs> um, but they they have some like great chemistry too. Those actors, um, and they have some funny lines like when he he's, he comes out, he tells him he's Christian. And he's uh, watching like some uh, pastor on TV and he's like, don't tell me you're watching this. And he's like, shouldn't you be like dancing around a fire hooting like a bee just stung you? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> he was in the bank and he made a, he made a, an Indian joke and mm-hmm. he's like, don't you get tired of those? And he goes, just wait until I get started on the Mexican jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, but uh it's going to be a while before we get started into those. So it was just. Yeah. And like, and even Alberto will make fun of Jeff Bridges, like quite a bit. He's, he's like, see, I told you they'd be in post. Cause they, they guess right for the next one they'd be at. And he's like, I told you. And he's like, well, even a blind pig finds a truffle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Cause uh, he gets his digs in as every once mm-hmm. in a while too. But yeah, I just I just love the chemistry of those two, and they're they're at a stakeout. They're and this is kind of where uh, Jeff Bridges talks to him about his heritage, and because they're they're waiting outside of a bank, seeing if the brothers show up at this branch, which they don't. Um, but they're he's the saying like, "Aren't you angry at like like my father stole this land from your fathers?" And he was like, "My fathers like they stole this land from somebody and their fathers before them." He's like, well, the people here now, they're getting their land stolen from them. And he points to the bank. Mm-hmm. And so it seemed like it was, it was almost like an anti-bank movie. But I guess it's like it's an actual real big problem in West it, Texas. Like if you don't produce crops or something, then you depend on the bank. And they've yeah, really got very strong social there. statements in the movie. Yeah. And, and the way it was framed in that scene, where it's like, like you said, it's like, uh generational like my mm-hmm. like the the land has been stolen over and over it's like it's just depending on when you're when you're living the the mm-hmm. there's always going to be a bad guy there's always going to be someone to take the land from you and anyway so it's like it, it's, it seemed inevitable now it's it's now no longer about race it's mm-hmm. now about it's just human nature almost like inevitable yeah, that's what's going to happen and this is also the place where they go order a T-bone steak. <laughs> and this, this like, I swear that she just like lived there, and they yeah. like, and she, they went and got food Dude, from her. And th- she- that's one of the things. Like when I see 
ugly people in big <laughs> movies like this. I just like, oh, I love it so much. I love oh, seeing ugly, ugly the, people in movies. She comes up to take her order, and she's like, well, "What? What ain't you getting?" And those the two are like flabbergasted, like, "Uh, what? What ain't we getting?" <laughs> And like, uh, you're like, I've been working here for 30 years and uh, only people ever order a T-bone steak. One time some ass from Seattle tried ordering a trout. We ain't got no trout. <laughs> so you like, either ain't some, getting the green beans or you ain't getting the mashed potatoes. Some ass from Seattle in 1987 tried ordering the trout. <laughs> <laughs> And you've, everyone, we, we've all been to a place like that where it's like they, they really only sell the T-bone steak. Like, who, who goes in there and doesn't? And she's like, I don't, I don't want green beans, me neither. She's like, okay, two T-bone steaks, medium rare. And he's like, I want mine. That ain't a question. He's like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. That was great. That was a great scene. I loved that. They were like. <laughs> I tell you what, no one's gonna be robbing this place with her working here. <laughs> Waddle, rattlesnake of a waitress. Mm-hmm. That so was good. great. Yeah, but that that's part of like the the world building too. That's told like through the characters that live because they're all like lovable, but they're all so unique in their own way. Like clearly, like they're kind of racist. They all have guns. <laughs> and oh, that that one the uh, the guy in the truck after the first robbery. Where he was like, he's he, he said something like, maybe I'll go catch him and and take care of it for you or something. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, but then you'd be a murderer. He's like, yeah, if you could find the tree. He's like, oh and, then, and Jeff Bridges walks away like, <laughs> I love West Texas. <laughs> I love West Texas. Yeah, yeah. And then the the guys that are chasing him after the oh, last yeah, robbery. Because they- they go to the place and it's closed, so they have to go to Post. Post is a fairly large town in, in Texas. And there's a ton of people in that bank, and they shoot some people, and then they all walk these in the guys lobby, chasing them. They walk into the lobby, and it's full. And it was actually an intense scene because you know, you know that every guy in there has a gun, and someone says that the other, the two stupid. brothers had theirs out first. There, there, there was, de- there was definitely some statements about the whole um, concealed carry, mm-hmm. yeah thing because everyone does in texas and so it's like like although it did it, it did help prevent it, it won't well, it never did prevent uh the well and uh, somebody died bank robbery exactly guy, so guy it was just chaotic it, ju- it just turned into chaos the guy tried to be a hero and he and tanner shot him in the head mm-hmm. oh, that was brutal and he shot it a cop he shot the security, he shot guard, the security guard yeah because four people died at the end but yeah. uh, when Je- Jeff Bridges got the got in the after his buddy got shot, he got in the truck with the other dude. It was just says, a random guy, like a militia. Yeah, yeah. he's like Where, like a militia you know, that was formed that day because they're chasing bank robbers. Yeah, he's like, do you do you know this the land well? And he goes like the back of my hand. And he says, uh, can you get me up there? And he goes, man, I can have that guy uh field dressed on the hood of my truck by the time you get up there mm-hmm. and it was just like man these guys and, and he had that that long range rifle yeah the the world they live in is and that's that's what i wanted place. to say is like this movie is like unapologetically texan mm-hmm. uh the, the writer obviously grew up in like west texas and it, it's like a movie for them like they're they're not trying to like pander to anybody like this like 
this is a movie about the people in this area. And I mm-hmm. don't think that there's very many movies like that. So it felt, and, and it, felt and really it did it like, well, they, they did mention uh, the um, concealed carry laws. Like they yeah. actually mentioned it in the movies in the movie. Um, it, but to add on what you're saying, uh, despite that, there wasn't much judgment against the West Texan way of life. Like it was just showing matter of fact, this is the way it is. You know, it, it was, just, it was more documenting less like shining a light on the, on the horrible way of life yeah. there. You yeah. know, it's kind of mm-hmm. how I felt about the whole movie is I feel like the whole movie was not an indictment. There was no judgment about anybody. Yeah. I don't even feel like it was like necessarily anti banks. It's just like, that's what's happening there right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was it's interesting. Very well done. It was, it was very interesting movie. Because the more you think about it, the more there is to think about. The deeper, mm-hmm. like the more you think about it, the deeper it gets. And you're like, ah, oh, man, this this movie goes. Right. So they they rob the bank in post. They're chased by a militia. Tanner takes like an assault rifle <laughs> that he that he has, and he he shoots them all. Uh, and they, they have to stop because they're chasing them in trucks. They have to stop and turn around. Um, T- Toby got shot actually by one of the militia. Yeah, he's bleeding out of the out of his yeah. side. And he, I guess a bullet went through. So Tanner's like, "You'll be fine." But that's when Tanner decides uh, that like Toby's in a rough shape. He's not going to be able to help me do, uh, escape. So he is going to sacrifice himself so Toby can escape. And yeah, and one of them has to escape to complete mm-hmm. the plan. And the plan was wasn't for toby or tanner it was for toby's kids and tanner says like this was your plan little brother and it worked i'm proud of you mm-hmm. and toby that toby never i don't think he fired a single shot the whole movie like he never killed anybody but uh jeff bridges character um i don't remember his name but yeah we just keep calling him jeff bridges <laughs> i know but he but he tells him he's like you did kill people i know you think in your head you didn't but you were there you were part of this. Yeah, you, you put in motion. Yeah, it's your plan. As he said your your brother's too stupid to think anything like this up. This was this had brains behind it. Yeah, it was Marcus. That was it, Marcus. Yeah. Um. But uh, anyway, so they uh, Tanner goes and he basically fights the militia and the cops by himself. It blows up the truck. Uh, and they they've been really smart about like swapping out vehicles. They bury them in their property. Uh, they'd go and buy another one for cash. And he's like, okay, report the stolen in two days. And then, the, so they kept buying vehicles and swapping them out. Um, but T- Toby gets in a car and he's going to drive off and pretend like he's not shot with all this money. While Tanner's on the rocks uh, being a Comanche mm-hmm. and shooting at them with a sniper rifle. Yep. Yeah. King of the Plains or whatever it King is. King of the Plains. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just really love the ending because you're, he shoots Alberto. And Alberto's been like the nicest character the whole movie. Um, and then you're like, man, that sucks. Like, I, I want him to get away, but I don't now. And like, oh, he'll he, never get away. Like, you're, yeah. You're and, and he knows down, it. He, he he knows he's in a he's in a shootout where he's going to die. Mm-hmm. So he, he's just like, I'm going to take out as many as I can. Basically. Yeah. And then while Toby watches from the casino and he sees that his brother died. And then uh, I love it too at the end when, because uh, Jeff Bridges retires, he's no longer on the case and he goes into the old precinct where he worked and they're like, you don't work here anymore. And, and Toby is not a suspect, you know, like he stole these, these two stole $50,000. 
Toby just found oil on his land and he makes a hundred thousand dollars a month. Why would he rob $50,000? It doesn't make any sense. And so he's not a suspect because of that. But Jeff Bridges, Marcus knows, he knows that he was there. So I just conversation between the two of them. Oh, it's so powerful at the end when he's, there's so much subtext going on. Oh my gosh. And then, but then like just the, the, the last word spoken in the movie is, is, Toby saying, Hey, I'm staying at a place in town. If you want to finish this conversation. And he says, maybe I will, maybe uh, you'll finish it. Maybe I'll finish it. Basically they agreed to have a duel. He's mm-hmm. like, why don't you like, come over and maybe I'll give you peace. And he's like, uh, Jeff Bridges is like, maybe, maybe I'll give it to you. <laughs> yep. And that's how it ends. And they play that, that song again, Towns Van Zant song. It, I just I love the way it ended. Such a brilliant ending. Because like he shot, he killed his brother, and his brother killed his brother. So it's like they, there's no way these two are going to get along. Nope. Well, and Jeff Bridges blames Toby for for all the deaths that happened because of it. So and a theme too is like the law can't really protect you, like the 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 crops burning from the farm. Mm-hmm. Like the the law couldn't help them, and these guys. Uh, he's no longer a suspect, so their conflict is now above the law, or it's outside of the scope of the law. Yeah, because right. they're they're gonna have to settle it their own, which is kind of how Texans do things. Yep, like well, they're they're a strong community because because they, they they like believe in a morality that is separate from the law, right? It's so how, it's, yeah, it's how it's how Toby and Tanner took care of their the land. Mm-hmm. Like the land, there was a land dispute and they took care the law wasn't going to help them. So they took care of it outside of the law. Yep. It, yeah. And, 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 and the funny part really is that the, the, like the, the other brilliant part of the plan is that like the bank, because they were, they, they still went through the bank to own the land that has oil on it. The bank stood to, to make a whole lot of money but they had to steal 50 grand from the bank in order to give the bank a whole lot of money. Right. So it was like, they wouldn't investigate him. Exactly. They were like, they're like, he's, why would he steal from that bank? That bank holds his trust. Like, Mm -hmm. and so it's now the, the bank now has a vested interest in not investigating him. Exactly. They're managing all that money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So interesting. (laughs) <laughs> they just gave a playbook to any bank robbers on how to uh, get away. <laughs> well, and uh, like uh, Tanner has a record. He just, he was on parole. Toby doesn't have a record at all. The only time he was ever in court was his divorce. Yep. So like there's, there's nothing that would point to him. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. It's so, so brilliant. Such a cool story. The writing cool in the script. movie was great. Yep. Cool. 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 So. Um, I think, man, we haven't done an eye down in a while. Do we? Is this when we give it uh, like a rating? Oh yeah, that this emoji is the emoji ratings. ratings. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. And then Scott will say something like, "I give it the smiley face with the cowboy hat." Yeah, I was just about to say smiley face with the cowboy hat and a and a gold star gun. and a squirt gun because you don't. <laughs> they won't let you have a real gun in in uh, which Texans would hate. They do. That you can't have a real gun. You have to have a squirt gun in your emojis. Um, I don't know. I give it the 100 emoji. Like I, I just adore this movie. 
100 emoji. I mean, I love the whole cowboy aspect of it that they were. So I'll give it, um, let's see, a cowboy next to uh, uh, a cowboy and what's some modern thing just to show the juxtaposition between the old and the new. Like a modern, the modern city emoji or like a city emoji or something like that. There you go. Cityscape. The the neo-Western emoji. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's exactly how I felt. So it's safe to say that you guys all liked it. Yes. Yeah. I'll definitely be watching it again. Coldwell approved. We recommend. Mm -hmm. I know. Like, honestly, Chris, you might have gotten away with like submitting this to the, um, as a, as a, uh. Oh, uh, Mount Rushmore? Yeah, Mount Rushmore. I, I was thinking about that, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's, it's so, so personal to de- dethrone yeah. someone's movie. <laughs> well, it is. And like, I mean, if, if I were to compile like a top 10 list of my own, I'm not sure if this movie would be there. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, cause so I, your I, heart wouldn't be in it. Yeah, but I, I don't know why. Because I, I, I just gushed over this movie forever. But I, I have only watched it like a year ago so maybe that's why like i've seen it six or seven times in that year's that year span um yeah but like like you leave this movie and you're like you don't feel like happy <laughs> you know what i mean there's no like like a uh, happy feels like you you feel like you you have conversations like these like social commentaries you know mm-hmm. um but like you don't feel like you do after watching Jurassic Park or something like wow what a ride like my adrenaline you just like man that sucked that's that was sad that was tragic that was funny uh it was a yeah so that, that that's I don't know if that makes sense it's hard to put into words but it's it, but it's so character driven that it's like you just you have such a connection to the characters that that that's what I come across come come mm-hmm. away thinking about is like where do they go from here? Like what's, I'm just I, like, yeah, it's, it's like if, if this was a movie that happened to make like a billion dollars and then they're like, well, we're, we're, we want a sequel. And we're like, why? Like, yeah. th- it wrapped up perfectly. Yeah. Th- this was, would be, this movie would be ab- ambiguous would be absolutely ruined with a sequel. Exactly. Like they told the story they wanted to tell this magnificently. Mm-hmm. Even though, my brain just like is just like I wish they could go a, a half hour longer. I just want to be in this world a half hour longer, you know. Yeah. Well, you should uh, if you haven't seen it, you should watch Sicario or uh, Wind River now. Yeah, I will. Sicario, one of my favorites. Sicario is really good. Such a great and movie. and Sicario is the same way. Like, there's characters that they have motivation. You're not sure who to cheer for at all. And then when the movie ends, you're like, oh man, that guy I kind of liked, I don't like him anymore. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's, yeah, like it's the same as this, but it's political. Like the politic, the politics of the United States killed the West, just like how the economics are in hell or high water. Mm. It's about um, the cartel. And Josh, Josh Brolin's in it and uh, Benicio del Toro. He's amazing in that movie. Uh, your, your girlfriend's in it, uh, Emily Blunt. Ooh. Yeah. You, you also, love that movie. It's also shot. Roger Deakins. By, shot by Roger Deakins. Did he work on uh, Hell or High Water? Nope. I don't know. The, the, the cinematography was absolutely stunning. Giles Nutkins. <laughs> Nutkins? I barely know him. 
Isn't the director he's a he's British, right? Or Scottish or something like that? Of this movie? Yeah. David McKenzie. Pretty sure he's British. A cowboy hat. He is. He's from England. Yeah. So it's like it's interesting to see his take on um on the West, on Texas, you know? Mm-hmm. Because like like the, the landscape shots are were absolutely beautiful. The, the, it everything was so open, you know, like the whole everything set seemed so open. And that must be the way he sees like we're seeing Texas through his eyes, you know, yeah. through, through the English guy's well, eyes. It's interesting too, because it, it was written completely by, by uh, Taylor Sheridan. Like I mentioned, but like you look at his first movie, Sicario, he somehow managed to get uh, the French director that I'm absolutely in love with. I can't, I don't even know how to say his name. Denis um, Villeneuve. Yeah. Denis Villeneuve. Um, who hasn't made a bad movie ever and he got him and roger deacons to be <laughs> his his first movie that he ever wrote and then from there how, he went on how to, do you do how, how yeah. do you how, i mean that's like who's who for your first movie <laughs> yeah it's insane and then uh from there but it's almost like he like went down because I've, I've heard that wind river is not as powerful as the other two uh, i've heard it's good but um who directed that? I can't even. I don't even know. Oh, he directed it. Taylor Sheridan directed it. Hmm. It's got Jeremy Renner, Elizabeth Olsen. So that's that's on my watch list for sure. I just I just haven't seen it yet. <laughs> but yeah, this is uh the guy that's writing this. It, it's interesting when you um I guess when you're at our age and you don't just look at like the actor in the movie anymore. You're like, oh, who wrote that? Taylor Sheridan. Yeah, I'll watch that. Like I, I had no interest in watching Yellowstone until I heard that he wrote that show. And now I was like, yeah, I want to watch that because it's got, it's got a guy that writes excellent movies. Yeah. It, Yellowstone. I, I looked into watching that recently with my, with Trisha, but um, the more I looked into it, I was like, maybe it's something, maybe I'll just watch on my own. <laughs> it's, yeah, pretty, I it's pretty the, rough. I've seen the pilot and there's lots of boobs and there's lots of F words and there's, mm. Um, it seems like a it seems like a crime family. It? <laughs> it's on Paramount. It? What like, you know, what like website? What disgusting websites are showing these things? But which ones? But which ones <laughs> specifically? Okay, cool. Hey, guess what? He wrote uh, without remorse. Yeah, I saw that. I Ooh, saw that yeah. he wrote without remorse. Well, he wrote the screenplay or mm-hmm. the screen. Screenplay. Yeah. He's part of the writing team for Without Remorse, which is yeah, he's good. the head writer on it. Um that's uh that's good uh good to hear. Yes, good news for that show. Um okay, cool. Well um great movie. Thank you for uh for bringing that up, Chris, because I love that movie and I love talking. Because I love talking. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say. <laughs> no, I mean, I was going to say I love talking with you guys, but really, it's just I love talking. It doesn't, talking. It doesn't matter who else who's across from me. It's just uh, anyway. Um, thank you all for listening. Anybody who has been listening. Um, if you liked what you heard, get out there. Uh, let us know. Social media, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, get on Patreon. You know, Um <clears throat> Give us some 
thing that we love or that you love. Um, Those greenbacks. And uh, yeah. Again, if you have any uh, anything else you'd like to suggest or anything, let us know. We'd we'd love to we'd love to hear from you. Uh, is is there anything else? Anybody else wants to say? Um, no, I guess that's good. All right, hey, <laughs> cool. Thank you for listening, and uh, we love you. And goodbye. Bye. Peace, y'all. Oh, it's been so terrible.